This is a headgum podcast. You or Jayla? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They want to know. Hey. Welcome to Who Weekly, the podcast where you'll learn everything you need to know about all the celebrities you don't. I'm Bobby Finger. I'm Lindsay Weber. And this is another episode of Who's There? Another one. Another one. We get a lot of good calls, and I think we should just get started, right? Or do we have, like, banter? Do you have anything to talk about? Not really, honestly. I was trying to think. Um, I gotta say, going through these calls, I really got an earful about... Uh, Ralph Lauren Lauren or Lauren 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 Bush Lauren oh Lauren, also Lauren. I will I wanted to tell you I recently watched a clip of Priyanka Chopra um, on Jimmy Kimmel and she wore Ralph Lauren yeah to the Met Gala that enormous uh, that Carmen oh, San Diego the, the Carmen coat, San Diego trench coat dress Carmen San Diego dress, trench coat dress that had the world's longest train ever Right. It was like someone had to pull it out so she could pose in the photo. So it was fully. Yeah. And she had to tell she said that. So Jimmy Kimmel was like, well, so there's a dinner at this thing. It's an event. So what do you do with the train while you're at the dinner? Like you just had the train the entire time. And she said, oh, well, no, actually, I was she was flying, I guess, to New York from Mumbai. And she was like, it was on this flight from Mumbai. And she had a nightmare about what it would be like if. She was walking through the Met Gala and had this long train, and it was a disaster. So she called Ralph Lauren, who designed the thing, and said, we have to do something about this. And, like, her people called their people. and the pe- She was like, everyone's people calls everyone's people. And she then revolutionized they designed, fashion. <laughs> well, they redesigned the dress so that it would have, so that the, the train was off. removable, and then she had a mini skirt underneath it. Ooh. And so, anyway, point of the story is that when telling this story about wearing a Ralph Lauren outfit to the Met Gala, Priyanka Chopra referred to him as Ralph Lauren several times. <laughs> I'm just saying, we get it honestly. Even people who wear the most outlandish Ralph Lauren designs to the biggest fashion show of the year, which is the Met Gala, pronounce it Ralph Lauren. So Sounds do like not come for I us. need to bundle, you know, about 10 or 15 phone calls and send them to Jimmy Kimmel's office. <laughs> Well, well, no, you need to send it to Priyanka Chopra's office. Oh, true. I'll be like, dear Priyanka, these are for you. Have fun. <laughs> Look, I know that you wear a lot of Ralph Lauren, but please keep in mind that his name is not pronounced the way that you pronounce also, it on national it's television. way easier to say Ralph Lauren than to say Lauren Lauren. Because that's when you start Stop being it. like, oh, am I gaslighting myself into thinking that it's Lauren Lauren when it's Lauren Loren, and then I'm starting to go crazy because okay. how could it possibly... We're stopping. Stop, 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 stop. We're going to play the first call. I just realized we're going to... This could last so long. No one wants this again. Play the first call. Hi, Who Weekly. Long time, first time. Are you guys just dying? I have just watched the monologue of Saturday Night Live with Chris Pine, and the entire monologue is devoted to differentiating between Chris Pine... Chris Evans, Chris Hemsworth, and Chris Pratt. I mean, all four, like, basic white guys. I mean, easily confused. This is, like, totally out of your playbook. I hope you're just dying. I mean, I'm dying for you if you're not. Ugh, my heart breaks. This is amazing. Love you. Good form, Bella Thorne. Bye-bye. 
Thank you for thinking of us. Yeah, thank you for thinking of us. We've actually talked about this on the show before, so... Um, yeah, we ranked the Chris's a while ago. We were talking about how all Chris's are look the same and are confusing despite being major movie stars. What's funny is that Chris Pine, who was the one who did this whole thing, was the hardest one to place, I think. Yeah, but now Chris Pine... But the thing is, Chris Pine became my favorite. Who cares who your favorite is? What I'm saying is he is the well, one saying, who like, is most recognizable. the who he. He's just, he in the mainstream, he's the one who is the, yeah, yeah you know what I mean. Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. I mean, I'm I will saying- say the, the whole time he was doing this, I kept thinking, is he going to mention Barbara Streisand? Because he's the only Chris who's ever been featured in a duet with Barbara Streisand. Wow, what what an important distinction. So if, if you asked Barbara Streisand if she knew who Chris Pine was, she would say 100% yes, she loves him so much. If you asked her who any of the other Chris's are, she might not know them. Chris Pine, he's one of the hotties today. I think she, she would probably say something about like, uh, like her brain only has room for one Chris. She's like, oh, I can't, I can't, I can't Ugh. have more Chris's in there. She is so horny for Chris Pine. <laughs> you should hear the clips of her talking about Chris Pine. Anyways, Chris Pine's SNL uh, monologue was a song about how many white Chris's there are in Hollywood. Quite charming and accurate. Uh, what else is there even to say? He knows himself. This is a joke that everyone's making because it's... It's actually, it's like very bizarre that there are this many basic, as the caller said, basic white Chris's currently like dominating big Hollywood blockbusters. I'm not that Chris. I look just like him, but I'm not that Chris. Not Brad or Hemsworth. I'm a different guy. Not Evans either. Look, I'm my own cool vibe. Is, is six feet as well. Yeah, why? It's really strange. It, yeah, yeah. And they're not terribly hard to... F- mm, they're a little hard to tell. What I'm saying is they're not <laughs> identical in the sense that a lot of actors, many actors are very identical, but the problem is that their name's all Chris. And that really well, becomes a difficult thing. Right. And I think the other thing that's... The, the other problem is that none of them are... None of them are individually at like enormous... Like, if you had, there's no one standout. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's no Will Smith of the bunch. There's no, there's no Brad Pitt of the bunch. I mean, I don't know. Chris Pratt is pretty big. See, and I was going to say maybe it was Chris Hemsworth. But <laughs> even then, it's like, they're, because they're all part of, like, um, a group superhero movies. They're all playing superheroes. So if you are not very tuned in. But they're playing members of little superhero clubs. So the way that these start, right. the way that these work out is that like none of them are really supposed to lead it. I guess Chris Chris Hemsworth has his own Thor series, but like I mean, these the are Thor series doesn't exist without the other Avengers. These are A list actors. Let's not. I mean, these are big actors. Of these are like course. these are people who sell films and are in blockbusters and whatever. But it is difficult if you're not like a superhero watching person, which not everyone is. They're kind of like really mainstream right now. But it can be confusing to tell the difference. It is like, who is Thor? Who's Captain America? Who's Guardians of the Galaxy? What you know, which yeah, one is which? Like, which name? Which name? Which name? Because when you look at them, you're like, oh, I know that guy's the Thor. I know that guy's the Captain America. I know that guy's the yeah. Star Trek guy. But whenever you see, there's no reason to know their last names. I mean, I like Chris Pine because of Snowpiercer and Hell, Hell, and Hell. 
Come on. Let's see. Let's see if you can get this. Okay, Hell or high go. water. Oh. <laughs> I short circuited. There's a really good. There's a really good. That reminds me of a good Golden Girls moment, which. Oh, uh, God. But like when Sophia's watching Rose try to like get something and she's like, uh, eh, uh and as she's, as she's getting closer and closer to saying the right thing, Sophia goes, she's at the 40, the 30, the 20. <laughs> That's like you trying to think of an idiom or a movie title. Hell on the high, hell or high, uh, to be hell, fair, or, hell or hell or hell or high water is both. <laughs> Okay. Oh no, but yeah. Anyway, I wanted to I wanted to end this conversation by saying um I think in our last in our last ranking, I put Hemsworth as number 1, but I think we did this pre Hell or High Water. So now it would be Chris Pine number 1 based exclusively on Hell or High Water Chris Pine. Yeah. Hell or High Water Chris Pine is peak Chris. He's good in um, that, man. And he's, he's good in Snowpiercer. I mean, he's my, again, Barbara Streisand, he's my favorite. Chris Pine, he's one of the hotties today. So goes Barbara. So goes Lindsay. I'm not a superhero person necessarily, right. totally. Neither am I. And so for me, you know, the Guardians of the Galaxy and, and um, Thor are not impressive to me. But I understand uh, those are two hunky guys. People love them. Chris Pine, he's one of the hotties today. Those are two uh, hunky guys. <laughs> moving, uh, moving on. Hi. Okay. So I was reading about Conrad Hilton, who, I mean, I don't keep track of the lesser Hiltons, so I don't know anything about him. But apparently he was dating this girl who is Rick Solomon's daughter. And I am just really confused about what's happening and why Rick Solomon has a daughter who's dating the brother of a woman that Rick Solomon had a famous sex tape with. I don't know if I'm like the only one who didn't know that this crazy thing was happening, but I'm just really confused and disturbed and like really think that we all need to be talking about whatever the fuck is happening with the Hilton some more. All right. Thanks. Bye. What's happening and why? I like... I like how exhausted this caller was at the end of this call. Like, oh my god. It is. It's really disturbing. It's, it's very strange. very weird because I also did not know that. So news this week came out. This is so uninteresting. Conrad Hilton, the younger brother of Paris, mm-hmm. was arrested for breaking into the house of actress E.G. Daly. Do you know who E.G. Daly is? E.G. Daly is the current wife, former wife of Rick Solomon. But do you know Who? what she does or what she did? Like what her role I know she's an are? actress. I actually don't know. She, she was is the, the voice she... of Tommy Pickles in The Rugrats. And she's like a prolific and accomplished voice actress. She basically like plays every like child baby. She mm-hmm. plays all these babies. <laughs> but I mean, that was what that's just icing on the cake of this. E.G. Daly. Right, that's not the important part. Here. Tommy Pickles was married <sighs> until 2000. 2000 to rick solomon do you remember who rick solomon is yes i have uh, of course i remember rick solomon can we you all remind love. everyone so, who he is rick solomon is the guy who god rick solomon is the guy who starred in the famous iconic film one night in paris oh, with paris hilton so when when paris hilton um when you think of the paris hilton sex tape um you don't necessarily think of 
the other person involved. You just think of Paris Hilton. But he was Rick Solomon. He was also sort of made infamous because Wasn't of the sex Wasn't he also date. at one point dating um He's dated everyone. Doherty. Oh, yeah. He's dated a lot of people. He dated so, Shannon Doherty. He's dated a million people. So, okay. Rick Solomon and E.G. Daly have a kid or a few another a few kids. But one of their kids is this girl uh, named, I believe, Hunter. Hunter. Hunter Daly. So Conrad Solomon. Hilton. Hunter Conrad Hilton and Rick Solomon's daughter are dating or mm-hmm. or used to date. They used to date. They used to date. And it ended really poorly. And he tried to break into her house, E.G. E.G. Daly. I.G. E.G. For example. This is e- insane. Yeah. E.G. Daly's house because it's E.J. Daly's daughter. And now a few years later, he was arrested a while back too for this. But now he's being arrested again because he's trying to do it again. And she has a restraining order against him. Point being, it's all very messy. And Conrad Hilton clearly needs some help and whatever. But what's fascinating is that Rick Solomon of the Paris Hilton sex tapes daughter is dating Paris Hilton or was dating at was some dating. point Paris Hilton's brother. Um, yeah. And then there was the whole thing about him trying to steal or successfully stealing Rick's Bentley. So he's been charged with right. uh, Grand Theft Auto as well. But again, this car belonged to the man that his sister had sex with in a famous sex tape. And so now <sighs> the question is like... I don't really understand this, so there, there's one narrative being pushed by some of the tabloids that says Conrad did this, you know, so, so Conrad has, like, maybe problems with mental illness, okay, whatever. Conrad's maybe disturbed um, because of his, sis- like, apparently Paris's sex tape was sort of ruinous to Conrad's, Conrad's psyche, back in the day and he hasn't really gotten over it so this was apparently some sort of weird revenge plot but my problem with that is i don't understand how that's revenge like how is that revenge i mean maybe him just dating well dating this guy's daughter is like you know dating some guy's daughter is like i'm dating your daughter well i'm dating your daughter i'm fucking your daughter whatever you know just yeah but also he's just such a shitbag that like rick solomon is that i don't I, I mean, I guess I just, I'm so, I'm so confused by this whole situation that I can't understand anyone's motivations. Everyone's motivations are just completely wackadoo. <laughs> the only objective fact here is that this is very bizarre. <laughs> this is really it's weird. It's so bizarre how Rick Solomon is even uh, still involved in anything at all. It's weird. It makes me uncomfortable meanwhile paris hasn't really said anything about this i guess it's so weird it's so weird now we're just we're being very repetitive and it's whatever but let's move on let's move on (laughs) um voice of tommy pickles can't wait like so glad that came up hey Lindsay and bobby so i was just flipping through my facebook and a facebook friend of mine posted this thing from supposedly david schwimmer it doesn't have a check mark it was like, friends, 2018, it's finally official, back for one more season. And apparently that's bullshit. But it got me thinking, are these revival shows that keep happening like a million years after the original show is over, are they who we? I mean, I think I know the answer to this, but um, I want to know your take. And I say this as someone who, like, a couple of my favorite shows have gone through the revival, like Gilmore Girls and now Twin Peaks, which I'm actually really excited for. But, 
you know, then we have things like Fuller House and Girl Meets World and all of these things. It just seems like this is a, a recurring theme that starts happening. Um, and it seems like it's kind of in line with the way that movies, they're like there's no such thing as an original movie anymore. They just keep remaking the same movies over and over again. Anyway, it's it's late and I'm real tired, but that's what I'm thinking about. want to know your thoughts. Okay. Good form, Bella Thorne. Bye. Um, good call. So, yeah. So you're, you're right. I mean, this, this comes off the, the news of Roseanne getting a revival. Um, Will and Grace. Will and Grace is revival is coming back soon. What else is, what else just got revived? Uh, the Love Connection hosted by our, our, our friend Andy Cohen, our friend. Oh yeah. And uh, the gong shows getting a, getting well, a thing. That's related to a call coming up too. So what? You're right. I mean, there is something inherently hooey about stars who have not had roles as big as the roles that they're coming back for. So, you know, um, let's take Will and Grace, for example. Not one of those actors in the four main roles has had a role as iconic as their role from Will and Grace. Which is hard. I mean, it's it's really hard to match up. Of course it is. That's very, very rare. But it is hooey to like kind of desperately, quote unquote, revisit these roles in later years just because the uh, revivals are trending right now, just Mm -hmm. as you mentioned, movie revivals and sequels or whatever are trending right now. And it's because it's cheap. I mean, that's like... It's cheap and it's a guaranteed, guaranteed like audience base. People are are familiar with the existing IP. Yeah. It's nostalgia. Like, people don't want to take risks, so it's a guarantee that people... Like, it's... Interest is at least guaranteed. And I think Netflix with, like, Gilmore Girls has... And Fuller House has proven that people who watched the shows back then, even if they're skeptical about it, like, they're like, oh, I don't want that to ruin my view of what Full House was or whatever, they'll still give it a chance. They'll still still watch watch it. it. They're still And in many cases, they'll finish the whole thing. Well, Netflix is easy because you don't have to, like, do anything. You just kind of sit there and let it wash over you. But what I'm saying is... So many people watch Gilmore Girls and we're like, eh, I don't really like this, but but I'm going to finish the the whole thing. thing. So it's interesting that it's, you know... It's no one's sensitive to anyone's nostalgia. No, like, you know, the whole argument, like, don't ruin it. Don't ruin a good thing. It doesn't. That's irrelevant to this entire conversation mm-hmm. because they know that you're going to try it anyways. You you, you know, you're not going to not watch the Roseanne revival because you loved Roseanne as a kid, you know? <laughs> right. <laughs> um, oh, so in that way, I guess, well, I don't even know. We haven't even answered the question. It's hard to say whether it's like hooey because it's big stars are coming to TV and, and doing this stuff. And, and like Roseanne is certainly not a who, but, you know, Roseanne as Roseanne Barr, which is since her whole ride since she did it the first time, her coming back to it is pretty, you know. Yeah. I and know. I but I, I think did, did we answer the question? Do we think that this is hooey behavior? I would at least call this. This is this is these are them shows engaging in hooey behavior. Oh, yeah. I mean, That's rebooting yourself like 20 years later when no one asked for it so, is is hooey. Catering the reboot of to- Will and Grace, the reboot of Will and Grace will be a them. The reboot of Roseanne will be a them. But it'll be a them show acting like a who. <laughs> like a Kardashian it's a, sort of doing a of desperation. Ad. Right. But um, I think that's what is really 
the undercurrent of all these things, which is hard to talk about and no one mentions to the actors. They're not like, is it sad that you had to come back to TV to do the role that everyone knows you for again and you're older? And it's like, no one's going to ask that to them, yeah. to their faces, obviously. And I think in a lot of cases, specifically the the Gilmore Girls situation, it it offers the creators or the writers like the chance to do the thing that they wanted to do. Like Amy Sherman Palladino said that she always wanted to end the show with the show, with the words that she ended the Netflix rival with. And I feel like maybe Roseanne wasn't entirely happy with the way she ended Roseanne, which was a crazy ending. It was crazy. Um, so, but uh, that was what made Roseanne so special that it and Felicity ended like that too. It's just these, Roseanne's ending is so sad. It's so, (laughs) I mean, it just, these shows because of the nature of television get canceled and then they, have to rush an ending or whatever and it's a very end of era very specific to the year that it ended the Mm -hmm. way that these shows end so it is kind of a bummer that now they're being picked up and now all of them are going to have the same 2017 ending where it's like oh um that show ended in such a specific 1998 way oh but then remember the reboot in 2017 when everybody was doing xyz and so it Mm -hmm. got this this everyone's just going to sound the same is what i'm saying everything's going to be very similar when we look back because all these shows came back this year next year yeah oh Twin Peaks too god we didn't mention Twin Peaks I know well I'm I'm dreading that I mean I just know people are going to be disappointed that show is so specific who were we talking to oh Margaret was like it's going to be so bad (laughs) (laughs) Margaret knows Margaret knows Margaret knows I trust Margaret Um, like shout out Margaret Lyons who knows I'm currently watching Twin Peaks the first time and I got in a conversation uh I do like it I'm um it's not it's as Margaret said which is uh, when I was telling her about it, she was like, it's not what you expected, was it? And I was like, it absolutely is not. Um, I don't know what I expected, but it's not what Twin Peaks turned out to be. I'm liking it. It's uh, it's so exhausting because it's much more involved than I expected. It's very dense. I didn't expect it to be this dense. Mm-hmm. Um, I cannot just zone out and turn it on like I can with like a sitcom. And I was mm-hmm. expecting it to be a little more... Um, campy. I was expecting it to fun. be a little campier, a little more fun, and it's not, none of those things really. <laughs> right. I think that's the thing with Twin Peaks is that it's inspired so much camp, but it actually wasn't that campy. So when yeah. you go back and watch it, you're like, oh, this is very serious. Moving on. Oh, hey, this is Ben from LA. I just left the message. Um, I forgot to add at the end that um, I wanted to, um, on behalf of the, the United Kingdom, just apologize for Jesse J. Okay, thanks. Bye. <laughs> will go down as one of the best calls we've ever received. I feel like I don't even know what else he called about, but I just, I don't care. Because I just heard the callback. Hey, I'm calling back. I just wanted to say, as an aside, I'm so sorry. Just like, I guess it's not, it's not technically the same. And, you know, we don't really love talking about politics on this show, but it's really fun, like refreshing to me that when someone calls in to like apologize for something that the UK recently did in not brexit (laughs) it's like it's like the real thing we should be sorry for the rest of the world is is not voting for for britain to leave the eu it's for jesse (laughs) j hey i mean we're like no we're like no we get it (laughs) i accept your apology i think i've been waiting for it honestly it's been something i've been waiting to to get and i accept it i'm here for that yeah i accept it too we have a lot of things to apologize for as far as exports to the rest of the world but you guys truly apologize need to own we apologize J. for days we could apologize for days like remember when we talked to betty who and she was like australians are obsessed with kim kardashian too i was like i'm so sorry <laughs> i just want to say jesse J. I was gonna say you can have her back like i'll give her back to you but she, we don't really have her either she's not really <laughs> here <laughs> 
<laughs> we don't you know? have her. We don't have her. It's like her. whenever it's like when you uh, when you need a when you need a transplant or something and you like get a new kidney and the body rejects it. Like the United States has not accepted Jesse J. Yeah, as a pop we can't star. even give her back. We've never even. She's still in holding. Like she's in the um, she's she's in <laughs> she's, customs. She's still going through customs. Okay, please go to the next call. Being interviewed, they're like, oh, tell us again, what's your job? The only the only downside to us not to us accepting this caller's apology is that had we not accepted the apology, we could have used the clip of her going, no, 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 Well, she's, she's sung that song all over the place. She's sung that song in every possible setting. She sung that song in a hospital. She sung that song on an airplane. She sung that song on a train. <laughs> okay, fine. I'll play it. Anyways, who cares? Okay, <laughs> move on, please. I'm thinking of all the Jesse J memes. They're all good. They're so funny. Every single They're one so of funny. Them. You know what? I want her. I'll keep her. <gasps> I want her now. You can't have her back. She's ours. I changed my mind. I like I her. I love Jesse J. Okay. Hey, guys. My name's Andy. Um, I'm sitting here with my roommate right now, and we're obviously pretty baked. I'm at like a four out of ten, but whatever. Um, we were looking through our Twitter feeds, and we keep getting these ads for this toothpaste that is like it's activated charcoal and apparently it whitens teeth but the the demonstration videos are horrifying like it looks like people are brushing their teeth with black tar and my question is can a thing be a who i know it's kind of meta but like can activated charcoal is that a who because I keep seeing it in like like these all these demonstration videos, whether it be the toothpaste or the the activated charcoal face peels, or like now it's in drinks and shit. And I'm just like, activated charcoal is popping off. What an ingredient! All right, well, good form, Bella Thorne. I will I will compare I will compare. Um... Activated charcoal to, um, first of all, excellent call. Second of all, we love when people call in and they're very stoned because it makes for it makes for perfect calls. Um, I will compare activated charcoal to um, the likes of Carly Rae Jepsen or perhaps Tinashe, uh, <laughs> because people are always like, "Wait, like, what's the deal with activated charcoal again? Like, why is it in everything? Why do people like it?" I see people talk about activated charcoal all the time, but I don't know. Um, but it's actually very talented and it's actually oh, very useful. Here he goes. Just like Emotion is a very good album and Flame Bobby, is a very good single. Bobby, come clean. You use activated charcoal to <clears throat> So paste. activated charcoal is very good. Uh, I'm, I'm a little... So, okay. Activated charcoal is... It's good for reducing odors. I use it in my bathroom because that's where the litter box is. And if I don't have an activated charcoal thing above the litter box, then the odors get bad. Second thing about activated charcoal, it's like an antibacterial thing. So it's good for your gums when you brush. I use it every once in a while on my gums, but not necessarily for the whiting. The whiting thing, I'm sort of like iffy on because I haven't really noticed a difference. But the thing about activated charcoal that is crazy is, and one of the reasons I don't use it to brush all the time, is that (laughs) it makes your mouth look crazy it makes your mouth look awful and it's a mess and 
like the black stains get all over your bathroom and you have to clean whenever you're done um brushing. can i um, i have also a counter argument for this for the activated charcoal enthusiasm what um uh, last week in us weekly here's the headline Lo Bosworth shares her chic Cinco okay, well, de Mayo activated charcoal margarita recipe. This is taking it too far. So the other, this is what I was going to get into. So like now the new trend is not just using it as some sort of like cleaning agent or antibacterial agent or whitening agent, even though like, as I, get, I, as I said before, questionable. Now people are drinking it. So it's like they put it in smoothies and it's like a detox agent, which detox is sort of a scam to begin with. Um, Bosworth shares with Us Weekly, it creates a margarita that is black in color and totally refreshing. I mean, it's just a margarita with charcoal in it. It's truly a margarita with charcoal in it. It's just a normal... The thing with charcoal is that you're right. It it started in like wellness uh, communities where it became this like niche thing that like wellness, uh, holistic wellness people use. So it's, you know, this is the same place that everything... Don't use chemicals. Use this thing that comes from the ground. Everything that Goop talks about. That's where this this comes from. So literally it's moving up the ladder and then you have people who are like higher up set like... Unilever and places that make big brand um, beauty products. And they're thinking, what's the next thing that we can put on our labels to, to dif- differentiate ourselves? And charcoal, somebody, you know, realized that charcoal was like a thing and that the idea that it would be black would be like a selling point and you think you were getting something extra. Then it broke mm-hmm. through and now it is literally everywhere. You are right. Yeah. So it's it's everywhere. And again, yeah, the fact that it's black and the fact that it's staining is seen as sort of a positive attribute by this people. Because it's like, oh, look, if it's doing this thing, if it's staining, if it's like you can see it, then it must be worth There is no reason, though, to be drinking a activated charcoal margarita on Cinco de Mayo. Yeah. Like, Lo Bosworth is truly the queen of taking it to the next level. Hi. Uh, I need to talk about... Joe, Joe and Mika Brzezinski, and I know they're kind of newsome, but I feel like a lot of people, especially if they're following celebrities, don't know who they are, and I am, like, freaking out um, because I've been, like, sensing their sexual tension since 2009, and I'm, I don't know when they first hooked up because they were both married at a period of time, but, like, they're engaged, and it's weird, and now they're hosting the show together. Yeah, good form, Bellator. I mean, what would you say, Lindsay? I mean, we I think we should have to we should come to. I mean, I don't watch this. Morning I... Joe. My dad loves him. He always says like Morning Joe said, and like oh, I don't care what Morning <laughs> Joe said. So, um, just who is he? He is the. I think they're who's no, but who they're the host. No, but Joe Scarborough is the host of Morning Joe. He's a journalist on what channel? Um, on MSNBC. Okay. He's hosted the show Morning Joe with Mika Brzezinski. Since like 2007. Long time. Literally 10 years. Maybe 2009, but I think 2007. And they've always been the hosts. And when they started being hosts, they were both married to different And they people. have great chemistry, as everyone always says. Well, they have. Do they? It's weird. Know. It's They sort of do. They have. They're always fighting. So it's mm. it's it's more sexual tension. Because mm-hmm. it's like. Because the fighting has always sort of been done um, play in that playful way. Where it's like, oh, are they fucking off, off screen? Like. They pretend to be like they pretend to be antagonistic, and they pretend to have like these different. It's just funny because opinions. it's a it's a kind of sexist thing to assume to be like to look watch them be like oh are they fucking and you're like ah oh, that's rude like they're professional that right. we should respect their whatever. But in 2013, when he got divorced from his wife, it, literally then the rumors, the rumors TMZ was like, was like mm, something's happening, something's up. So then, 
So then Mika gets divorced from her husband, and they have since last year, so they have since claimed that nothing ever happened. They never acted on these feelings, which, uh, according to Mika and Joe, the feelings were there for, ten for a long time. Years. But they never brought them up until after both of them had divorced their previous partners Mm -hmm. and so the but the moment that happened things were fast and furious they started dating um you know it was written about on page six immediately a year after they're engaged Um, you know like it only took a year she got divorced last year and only a year later less than a year they're engaged so clearly they've known each other for 10 years this has been going on longer than just the time after she got a divorce to now that doesn't make any sense the main thing I wanted to say is that Morning Joe is, like, insufferable. It is so... It's one of those shows where... I mean, it's just, like, The View or The Real or The Talk. Like, they pretend to be, you know, a more reputable... And I guess they do get... Because they actually get politicians on the show. Like, they get actual, you know, MSNBC-level uh, talking heads where you you could have actual... Uh, right. Uh, political he's news well breaking liked. on the show. It's That's a potential. And he's well-liked, I guess, in some respects. But it's just a bunch of yapping where people are talking all over each other. It's the morning. The last thing you want is to be irritated because you're already irritated because it's the morning. So I, it's very hard for so me to watch it without like what I, going But what I like mode. about this is it kind of reveals the like going ons because in this this Daily Beast piece that's just like how did they keep their relationship a secret? There's this great part. They really well. There, well, there's this secret from people outside of people who watch the show. So I had no idea that okay. this – whatever was happening but this this part i really like this part because it shows the like the wheelings and dealings of like how news is made so it says uh in november 2013 short after scarborough's divorce from his second wife was finalized and three years before brzezinski's official split from her own spouse the new york post richard johnson was preparing to declare them an item according to sources familiar with the situation a distraught brzezinski reached out to then fox news ceo roger ailes like johnson a vassal in the Murdoch media empire, and tearfully asked Ailes, with whom she was friendly, to intervene with the gossip columnists, arguing arguing that their respective children would be hurt by such publicity. Ailes made his pitch to Johnson on Brzezinski's behalf, and the columnists obliged obligingly stood down. The next day, sources said Johnson was rewarded when Scarborough phone, phoned him and gave him the juicy scoop that Alec Baldwin was about to be fired from his short-lived MSNBC program. So did you see what happened there? Jesus. It's amazing. Yeah. Literally. The quid pro quo Totally. There, so yeah. they were like, we will not, That's you wild. know, reveal this relationship but we will give you like a like a funny scoop that you will enjoy and a hundred percent like alec baldwin thrown under the bus yeah good scoop um also richard i mean that's like that's such a like good classic richard johnson Mm -hmm, story mm -hmm, too mm -hmm. um so uh, don't watch the show the show sucks (laughs) they're they're gonna get married they're engaged did you read the story about how they were at mar-a-lago in january Mm. eating dinner with Donald Trump and Donald Trump uh I know Jared Kushner ha- is an ordained minister so Jared Kushner can like perform ceremonies and they revealed that they were engaged to Donald and Jared and stuff and Jared was like oh I'll pr- I'll perform no. your uh no. I'll or I'll I'll, no. I'll marry you at your at your wedding kind of as a joke and then Donald Trump said this is according to Joe and Mika he was like why would they have you do it when they could have the president do it like I'll do it I'll marry so wait, you guys is he doing then, it no and then so Vanity Fair was like so Mika are you gonna take Trump up on his offer and she was like no 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 I think like her quote is literally like six no's she's like no 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 no
that would be a bad yeah, idea no or kidding. something. No kidding, Mika. Anyway, that's it for the week. That's we've we've gone long. We've gone long. That was a good. That was a, there was a, were some good calls. A lot to get through. We had a lot to get good through. Good calls. Um, thank you everyone for calling in and uh, letting your voice be heard this week on Who's There. Yeah. Um. Also, thank you once again. Want to thank um everyone who bought merch. Keep buying it. It's good stuff. Also want to thank the UK for giving us Jessie J. We gladly accept her. Thank you all for continuing to rate and review us on iTunes. It's just nice to do because it does mean a lot. And it's like how people find the show, really, which is insane. You yes. telling your friends and that yeah. is how people find podcasts, which... We just got very, we just got very I sincere know. and sentimental So we need to end because we're literally so over. Bye, Bye, everyone. You will drain us. They want to know. Hey. Chris Pine, he's one of the hardies today. That was a headgum podcast.